Hey, this is Brad Zimmerman, and today we're going to read all of Exodus chapter 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go back to Pharaoh and announce to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs across your entire land. The Nile River will swarm with frogs. They will come up out of the river into your palace, even into your bedroom and onto your bed. They will enter the houses of your officials and your people. They will even jump into your ovens and into your kneading bowls. Frogs will jump on you your people and all of your officials. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, raise the staff in your hand over all the rivers, canals, and ponds of Egypt, and bring up frogs over all the land. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came up and covered the entire land. But the magicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. They too caused frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged, Plead with the Lord to take away the frogs from me and my people. I will let your people go so they can offer sacrifices to the Lord. Set a time, Moses replied. Tell me when you want me to pray for you, your officials, and your people. Then you and your houses will be rid of the frogs. They will remain only in the Nile River. Do it tomorrow, Pharaoh said. All right, Moses replied, it will be as you said. Then you will know there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you, your houses, your officials, and your people. They will only remain in the Nile River. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh's palace. They cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had inflicted on Pharaoh. And the Lord did just as Moses had predicted. The frogs in the houses, the courtyards, and the field all died. The Egyptians piled them into great heaps and such a terrible stench filled the land. But when Pharaoh saw that relief had come, he became stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. So the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, raise your staff and strike the ground. The dust will turn into swarms of gnats throughout the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. When Moses raised his hand and struck the ground with his staff, gnats infested the entire land, covering the Egyptians and their animals. All the dust in the land of Egypt turned into gnats. Pharaoh's magicians tried to do the same thing with their secret arts, but this time they failed. And the gnats covered everyone, people and animals alike. This is the finger of God, the magicians exclaimed to Pharaoh. But Pharaoh's heart remained hard. They wouldn't listen to them, just as the Lord had predicted. Then the Lord told Moses, Get up early in the morning and stand in Pharaoh's way as he goes down the river. Say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse, I will send swarms of flies on you, your officials, your people, and all the houses. The Egyptians' homes will be filled with flies and the ground will be covered with them. But this time I will spare the region of Goshen where my people live. No flies will be found there. Then you will know that I am the Lord and that I am present even in the heart of your land. I will make clear the distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will happen tomorrow. And the Lord did just as he said. A thick swarm of flies filled Pharaoh's palace in the houses of his officials. The whole land of Egypt was thrown into chaos by the flies. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, All right, go ahead and offer sacrifices to your God, he said, but do it here in this land. 
But Moses replied, that wouldn't be right. The Egyptians detest the sacrifices we offer to the Lord our God. Look, if we offer our sacrifices here and here where the Egyptians can see us, they will stone us. We must take a three-day trip into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, just as he commanded us. All right, go ahead, Pharaoh said. I will let you go into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God, but don't go too far away. Now hurry and pray for me. Moses answered, As soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord, and tomorrow the swarms of flies will disappear from you and your officials and all your people. But I'm warning you, Pharaoh, don't lie to us again and refuse to let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses left Pharaoh's palace and pleaded with the Lord to remove all the flies. And the Lord did just as Moses asked and caused the swarms of flies to disappear from Pharaoh, his officials, and his people. Not a single fly remained. But Pharaoh again became stubborn and refused to let his people go. So, in this passage, the plagues continue. It started with turning the water of the Nile into blood in chapter 7, but now in chapter 8, we get three new plagues, frogs, gnats, and flies. I want to take a minute to point out a few major things that happen that actually don't have too much to do with the plagues themselves, but what surrounds them. So first, let's talk about the magicians. As a Christian, these magicians can be very troubling. I mean, if Pharaoh has people who can perform these same miraculous signs as God, then is God really that powerful? As you read this, you could easily question the power of God. Now, for a skeptic who reads this, the power shown by these magicians could actually help bolster and confirm your beliefs that God has no power. But did you catch what happened as we went through this passage? In chapter 7, the magicians were able to make their staffs turn into snakes. They were able to turn water into blood. And then in this chapter, they were yet again to do similar to God by producing frogs from the ground. But then a change happens when the magicians try to turn dust into gnats. They couldn't do it. They could not reproduce the sign of God's power, and they confessed that it was a greater power than their own. They said to Pharaoh that it was the finger of God, but Pharaoh remained hard in his heart. From this plague forward, God showed that his power was greater than any earthly magic or tricks. The magicians never again replicate what he does. The power of God is so clearly shown in these actions. He is greater than man's attempts to be powerful. The other thing we see happen subtly through this passage is the rise to prominence of Moses. You might already think he's prominent, but you see, Moses didn't think he was the right man for the job, even though God called him to it. But God still wanted to use Moses, so he allowed Moses' brother Aaron to speak to Pharaoh at the beginning. By the end of chapter 8, it is Moses on his own confronting Pharaoh at the river. And when the plague of flies comes, Pharaoh calls the brothers back. And it is Moses, not Aaron, who is speaking up saying, We can't offer sacrifices here in this land. You must let us go. This again shows God's power, the power to know better than man. God knew that Moses was the right man for the job, but he needed a little help to get there. And God did just that. 
Now, there are many other interesting things that we could note from this passage, but I want to stick to the things that actually matter to us. What does this actually mean for us today, and how are we supposed to apply this passage, this weird passage about all these crazy plagues, to how we live? Now, we could easily put ourselves in the shoes of the oppressed and try to come up with things that are plaguing us, do a little play on words, our lives, and talk about how we need God to rescue us from them. But I don't really think this is what we should walk away doing. I believe this passage and all of these plagues are a strong reminder of the power of God and what he alone is capable of. Too often in our modern world, we see God through his son, Jesus. We relate to him as a man who came and was kind and caring, but we often forget his power. God is powerful and someone to be revered. When we only see God as a buddy or a friend, we can easily lose respect for him. And ultimately, we don't see that there's any consequence to our relationship with God. So if God is pushing us to do something or to take an action and we fail to take that step, then we don't see it as a big deal. But if we are reminded of the power that God has, I think we'll feel the weight of those situations when we disobey. Now, this isn't something that we need to fear, but this is something that we should be reverent towards, giving God the honor and respect that he deserves. Moses started by saying that he couldn't do what God asked, and we could see this as disobeying, but God gave him a helper, his brother Aaron, and a second chance to fulfill his plan for him. God can do the same for you. If you've said no or disobeyed, God still wants you to fulfill his plan and purpose for you. So how can you today follow God in that reverent way, knowing the power that he holds? And what will you do about it? Will you disobey or will you take steps towards God's plan and purpose for your life? Let's pray. God, speak to us today. Use these words to remind us of the places where we have lost sight of your power, where we don't see the power that you have in our life. God, also help us to see the plan and purpose you have for us. And even if we've said no or we've lost um, our way in following you and following the plan that you have for us, help us back on that. Give us a second chance like you gave Moses with his brother. Give us that way back on so that we can fulfill that plan. Help us today as we go and reverently follow you in the power that you have. In your name we pray. Amen.